0: Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show, or as I call it, oh no, it's that time of the month, I mean time of the week again. Now I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit, here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show, yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast, and I am your host, Brian Levine, coming to you uh, just a few days pre-recorded because uh, I got some stuff to attend to, so uh, yeah, it's uh, late Saturday night that I'm sitting here doing this, and it's hot, it's hot outside, Uh, but before we get started, reminder, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to enjoy this fine show. And on this week's fine episode, uh, in pipe parts, yeah, I know it's hot outside, but we're going to talk about coffee. Uh, We're going to talk about coffee because that's one of my favorite things to pair with a pipe. And uh, if the caffeine's not enough, we're going to get a deep dive with uh, Jeremy Reeves, the head blender at Cornell and Deal on uh, tobacco grading, and this one... This one's going to kind of break the format normal, but uh, when we get to it, I'll explain it better to you, all right? And then uh, music, mailbag, and rant, all that coming up on this week's episode of the Pipes Magazine radio show. Uh, the Northern Hemisphere is experiencing a, uh, a bit of a heat wave, so yeah, I'll uh, play with that on the rant, too, all right? So you get some of, get some of that tied in throughout most of the show. Uh, Please remember, iTunes ratings and reviews, much, 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 much appreciated. So do that. Comments or suggestions, guests you would like to hear on the show, or uh, music suggestions, or tobacco reviews that you would like done, please send those in, email them to me, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at PipesMagazine.com all right let's get the show rolling so everybody sit back relax fire up a bowl thank you all for tuning in and here we go And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And for pipe parts, we're going to talk about coffee, partly by request and partly because I've made a little bit of a discovery. So, uh, so I like coffee. I like about four good cups of coffee each day. And for me, a good cup of coffee is either an 8 to 10 ounce uh, drip coffee or something through my Keurig. Or maybe a double shot espresso type drink. Or a cappuccino with uh, with a double shot in it. Alright, so that's those are my four. Um, now, I have worked and worked and worked and refined my process for a cappuccino. And here's the equipment that I have. I have a uh, Carezza uh, espresso machine that's got a steaming wand on it. I think it was about three hundred and three hundred dollars. All right. So all it does is it just makes a single shot or a double shot and it's got what's called a semi-pressurized pod. So it's kind of cheating but not the cheaper end cheating. So it does allow for some, uh, yeah, some modification manually. Uh, I've got a burr grinder both I've got two actually I've got one that's electric and I've got one that is a hand grinder. And the trick to a really good espresso based drink is to freshly ground the coffee beans. Whatever kind of coffee beans you're gonna use, freshly ground. Now in my espresso based drinks, which are the the cappuccinos or just a uh, just a long shot espresso, which is a double shot. About four ounces total, so a little bit more water. Uh, the, uh, I prefer an Italian roast or a French roast. Both dark roasted, both lower in caffeine, but both bolder in flavor. Uh, now for the cappuccinos, I have learned how to steam almond milk and get it to give me a bit of a frothy head. Uh, The trick is for the first, uh, you know, you you pour in the amount of milk that you want to add to the, add to the liquid. So I might do a a two ounce pour of a two ounce shot of espresso. And then I'm going to probably steam up about five ounces of milk because by the time you add the steam to it and everything, that's the mixture that I like. Um, I use an unsweetened vanilla almond milk, lower in calories, uh, lasts a lot longer the sweetened almond milks don't last as long and there are a little more calories. Uh, I don't really detect a taste difference, but I can say that when I did play with the sweetened almond milk, well, it, uh, it does froth up a little better. I think it's the sugars in it, but the trick that I've found is when I'm starting to froth, I'm bringing the frothing wand, uh, just below the level of the milk and then back up and, below the level of the milk and then back up below the level of the milk and back up so i'm just really frothing the top until i get a good head of fro- of foam on the top and then after probably about 10-15 seconds of going up and down just below the level and back up then i bury the uh, the wand all the way down into the bottom of the milk at an angle and i let it steam down there until the outside of the frothing pitcher, the little metal one, gets so hot that I can't that I don't want to touch it anymore. And by doing that now I've got about six, six and a half ounces of liquid and foam. Uh, and then I pull, you know, stop it, pull the wand out, and then I just tap the uh, the frothing container on the counter uh, about two times. And that just seems to help solidify the, uh, the foam and then take your shot, pour it in to the cup and take the foam and, or take the milk and pour it in. And you get a good frothy, uh, you get a good frothy home version, not a barista version. All right. So there's, there's how I've done it. Um, coffee wise. I wanted to talk about one that I think is perfect for summertime and it's perfect for the afternoon cup or maybe a cup of coffee after dinner. It's one called Tanzanian peaberry and it's a little, it's a medium roast. Uh, it can be a little more uh, on the, you can get one, you can get some that are a dark roast, but again, it's more of a medium roast. It's more of a, lighter flavor than either the French roast or the Italian roast that I might have in the morning. You know, those more bolder flavors to get you going. Uh, during the summertime, I try not to, uh, I wouldn't want to drink the Tanzanian pea berry with a straight Virginia because the Tanzanian berry has got some light, kind of a, a fruity floral and a little bit of a chocolate to it. So it's a little more of a lighter summertime flavor coffee that i enjoy in the afternoon works well with my virginia periques because the periques got a little fruitiness to it so it works well and again in the morning this time of the year um you know i'm smoking my virginias which are just straight and you know sweeter virginias and those go fine with just the dark roast or the french roast or whatever i'm whatever kind of coffee i'm drinking but if you get a chance try the tanzanian pea berry again freshly you know, get the beans if you can and grind them fresh i use the burr grinder for the uh, and i run it through the keurig machine so i change the grind on it so it's a little more coarse uh but i've found that tanzanian peaberry and i'm really enjoying it especially with the fact that i've got the burr grinder and it's electric and i can do it relatively quickly and it's just a good it's a good summertime coffee good way to end the uh, you know for the afternoon or for the evening or like uh, two hours ago when i decided that i was gonna that i had to sit down and do this show i brewed up a cup of tanzanian peaberry and off i'm going uh, probably a little higher in caffeine content. All right. Okay. So that's it. Coffee. Cappuccino and Tanzanian Peaberry. Those are the two, uh, two big revelations. And yes, I still enjoy my coffees all during, the, all during the summertime and might slip a cup of tea in there too because I'm trying to drink a cup of tea a day. So there you go. And in just a moment, a uh, bonus discussion with Jeremy Reeves. This is Internet Radio.
2: Since its beginnings in 1876, Savinelli has become more than just a pipe factory. It's become a lifestyle. From sourcing the finest Mediterranean briar and partnering with local artisans to acquire unique accents, to expanding their catalog each year with new innovative series, Savinelli produces high quality Italian pipes that serve as a reflection of your individual tastes. With a portfolio that ranges from rugged designs fit for the outdoors, elegant pieces destined for black tie galas.
0: Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And before we get to Jeremy Reeves, what you are going to Alright, here's the secrets. Uh, When Jeremy and I do these, I gather five or six questions and we usually get on and record for about an hour and we break them all up. And use them for uh, you know for future segments. So, uh, what you're about to hear, I think, might have been recorded um, three months ago. Uh, but anyway, these are this is a two parter, and it's from and you'll hear the details of it. But it's a two parter on tobacco grading, and it's from the industry standpoint, and then from us as consumers and I thought it was important to play these together important enough to kind of break that uh, break the normal formula so here is uh, part one and I'm just going to play it just the way we recorded it not going to you know not going to try to hide anything from you uh, but here's part one and then we'll go to a break and then we'll come back and we'll have part two and you'll hear that all just kind of interrupted like it was a whole bunch of, like it was a couple of Pipe Parts segments. So here we go. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And for Pipe Parts, joining us is the head blender of Cornell and Deal, Jeremy Reeves. Jeremy, welcome back to the show. Oh, thanks, Brian. I, I know the only reason you come on this show is because every year I buy more uh, Carolina Red Flake and the Red Flake with Perique. Otherwise, you'd be like, I ain't talking to that guy anymore. He's a pain in the... Uh.
2: Yeah, you call and you leave a voicemail, and I immediately go to uh, the the back end of, of the smoking pipe software to confirm that you did, get, in fact, <laughs> place another, another large order. And then I call you back after I've visually confirmed
3: that.
0: And on the way, you are cussing and spitting and, uh, and yeah, anyway, so uh, <laughs> here, here's your question for this week. Uh, Jason, who I met at the NASPC show, and, uh, that was a lot of fun, uh, writes, uh, he's got several questions and we're going to, we're going to break these up, but here's the first one. Jeremy, can you explain the grading system for tobacco? I understand the USDA has a grading system, but then the farmers also have a system I don't quite follow. And, and does it equate to quality? Wow. Uh, all
2: right. So the USDA grading system, um, actually is a, is a pretty interesting story, how it came to be, uh, back, uh, Back in the 1800s, um, and some of you may have may have heard of the uh, the American Tobacco Company. And the American Tobacco Company was yep. a singular
0: monopoly owned by the Duke family. That's correct.
2: Um, there were there were farmers uh, that were in Tennessee and in Kentucky producing dark-fired tobacco. Some were loyal to the American tobacco company. And some felt that their tobacco uh, was not bringing the price that, uh, that they felt that it was worth and that they that they needed it to be to be to be livable um, and to be to be a worthwhile product for them to grow and so there was a quite literally a war yeah uh farmers attacking one another uh burning down each other's barns um attacking each other's families it, this was it was it was bloody and it was rough and uh they they called it the the black tobacco wars um and the result of the the violence and bloodshed and unrest between the farmers that were loyal to the american tobacco company and the farmers that uh, were revolting against the american tobacco company and trying to uh trying to strike in order to drive prices up um the result of of this battle was that these farmers um went to congress and met with met with congress to design a a language a coded language by which they and manufacturers could understand one another and understand what the manufacturer wanted in the product that the farmer was producing <laughs> so that there could be a legally established way of determining the quality of a tobacco um and and determining the price that that quality of tobacco should should draw so that was actually how the usda was founded wow usda was created to to determine um what the quality condition Maturity and value of dark-fired tobacco was, and and maintain maintain communication and 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 authority over how this how this translated from the farmer to the manufacturer. So the grade code um, is fairly simple um, in its in its layout. You've got. Stock position. You've got a quality enumerator. Usually one, two, three, four, and five.
0: When you mean stock position, you mean how high up on the plant, right? That's correct. Yeah.
2: Lower, lower stock, mid stock, upper stock, yeah. tips. Um. So you've got stock position. Uh, you've got a quality enumerator, one to five, typically. Um, and then you've got uh, a letter that denotes color. And depending on the kind of tobacco that you're looking at, the code may be slightly different or it may slightly mean different things, even if, even if <laughs> on paper they look identical. Uh, but for dark fired, dark fired was the first one. Um, so for dark fired, uh, as an example, you've got stock positions, uh X is your lugs. Those are the leaf that are lowest um, that are are uh, dragging in the dirt um, and that don't get very much sunlight. They get really big, but they're not really where you want uh, want to go if you're looking for something flavorful if you're looking for something that has some strength. Um, so X is your position for lugs next you've got C which is for cutters that's your mid stock um, and those leaves get get a little more Sun um, they have a a thinner um, kind of lamina texture that the lamina is the two halves of the leaf that are divided by the midrib rib or, or the middle stem um, so those are your cutters um cutters are really good if you're looking for wrapper uh to be used on like a cigar um and then you've got leaf that's letter b for leaf uh the the leaf tends to be really robust it gets lots of sunlight um it is where the plant is concentrating the majority of its energy and the majority of its oil as it Drives the stock higher and higher. Um, so the upper leaf positions are m- typically most valued um, for flavor. The mid stock positions are most valued for aesthetic. Okay. Um, so first quality, second quality, third quality. These basically have to do with how consistent a particular lot of tobacco that the grader is looking at are Uh, first quality means that everything is exactly as it should be for this this stock position with whatever color the stock position is um from dark to to light uh and and there's different letters that enumerate different colors across the grading system you can see that this is not necessarily a simple thing to just lay out um but the long and the short of grading is that it means a bunch if you know
0: all of the grade
2: code, and outside of that, it may not tell you very much.
0: <laughs> um, so you still have to hand inspect each bale you're buying. Yes, exactly. So the grade codes, the grade codes are
2: really useful, really valuable if uh, you're a farmer who is looking at a, a crop of tobacco or a a lot of cured tobacco that has been lost in a fire or damaged by a hailstorm or a hurricane, and you need, you need to file an insurance claim on it. Okay. That helps to establish what the value of the crop would have been if it had been in the condition that you could have brought it to market. Um, it's really valuable if you are a contracted farmer, and the the wholesaler that is contracting you to farm, or the manufacturer, if you know it's somebody big like JTI or uh, Philip Morris um, or RJ, that they can tell you exactly what they're looking for and then you as the farmer buy the seed type that that is best suited to produce that that type of tobacco you've got a grade code that they've told you is what they wish you could grow an entire crop of and of course you can't grow an entire crop crop of one particular grade code because (laughs) as we started out talking about the first part of a grade code system is the stock positions so You're going to end up with some of what they might be looking for in terms of stock position, but you're also going to end up with things that are higher and things that are lower. Probably, um, color, same way. Color is a, a, variant. Um, and so, and so knowing what the colors are and knowing the grading system as the farmer helps you to, after the crop has been grown and, and cured sort everything so that you can maximize the number of bales that fall into the correct stock position and correct color spectrum that the manufacturer who commissioned your crop in the first place asked you to grow.
0: And there might be a little fudging on that, but yes. not too much fudging on that, because if you fudge too much, you get caught, and then you get the manufacturer, whoever's buying it, pissed at you.
2: That's right. That's right. Um, now, used to be... Uh, used to be, there was a man, uh, Bobby Wellens, is his name. He still he still works for the USDA. Uh, he works in their marketing program, and he teaches everybody who who takes grading course classes. They're being taught by Bobby Wellens. He used to be uh, a a traveling agent for the USDA that would go around to to assess tobacco crops and uh actually actually say this is this grade of tobacco this is what this manufacturer owes you um and and he would he would kind of be there and present a lot of times during during market (laughs) um he has some crazy stories about things that happened to him uh during that time he was chased off of people's land with guns (laughs) um there was uh there was a sort of wink wink nudge nudge like have you met my daughter kind of situation (laughs) um
0: your car looks old how about this new one
2: (laughs) exactly he told he told me a story of uh one time he was looking at a at a crop of tobacco that uh, that had had some hail damage and as he was leafing through the tobacco every third or fourth leaf there were $100 bills tucked in between the leaves
0: <laughs> I wonder how <laughs> those got there <laughs> so
2: yeah I mean yeah crazy crazy things
0: so the moral of the story is occasionally a daughter or $100 bills will also grow in a crop of tobacco.
3: <laughs> That's right. That's right.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the I-
2: grading greeting system is all at once helpful in the context in which it is helpful and very confusing when you start trying to think about it in terms of... Uh, in terms of being a consumer of, of a product, because just because something is, (laughs) is, you know, say a C1L, a cutter that is first quality. So the very, very best you can, you can produce of a perfect yellow, gold, lemon leaf. That is going to be your highest dollar leaf. Um, in in that stock position and it's really useful if you are making art where the the leaf needs to be visually pristine and you're using that tobacco leaf to make a you know to make a, a, a sculpture or to <laughs> use as the back of a a, a framed you know, array of tobacco leaves, or if you're (laughs) using it to roll cigars, but to cigarette, or to snuff, or to pipe tobacco, where the first thing you're going to do with that tobacco in order to use it is cut it up. Yeah, all, all of the aesthetic reasons that that is a first quality leaf don't really offer you any value. And the reasons that it could be a second quality leaf or a third quality leaf are oftentimes not things that are going to impact the overall quality of the tobacco in terms of smoke. They're things that are primarily going to affect the quality of the tobacco in terms of consistency in the lot, which mostly has to do with the aesthetics that tell the grader that this tobacco is mature. Dang. So
0: so there was, there was a lot there, and I also want to let everybody know that Jeremy has no idea what the questions are before I ask them. So this was all <laughs> off the top, off the cuff, and absolutely wonderful. Jeremy, thank you very much.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, Brian.
0: <laughs> I'll let you rest, and we'll be back in just a minute. <laughs>
4: For over 150 years peterson has welcomed all pipe smokers it's the preferred choice of the thinking man and the everyman alike and our workshop too is a place of hospitality and warmth hi i'm glenn whelan and for me peterson is a family tradition i've known since my childhood my dad tony whelan jr worked at peterson for 53 years and has been my home since 2003. from sweeping our factory on a saturday morning to managing our store to now steering our international distribution, I've seen the craftsmanship poured into each Peterson pipe. It lives in Jason's discerning eye as he handcrafts our silver accents, and in Wojciech's able hands as he carves our rustications. It abides in Willie's grading and in Warren's papering. Peterson has welcomed us as contributors to its legacy, and it's a welcome we always extend to you. Cade Mila 100,000 welcomes, wherever you come from, whosoever you be.
0: And again, we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show. And no, you're not going crazy. You are hearing multiple pipe parts segments. But I thought that these two were important enough to put them together. And I hope you enjoyed the first part. And now here is the second pipe parts segment. That again, I think they are so important to keep them together in one show that we're featuring them all together. So here you go. Ooh, we are back on the Pipes Magazine Radio Show, and joining us for Pipe Parts again is Jeremy Reeves of Cornell and Deal. Jeremy, welcome back.
2: Oh, thank you so much, Brian.
0: All right, so th- this is kind of part two of the previous question from Jason um, about uh, about tobacco grading that turned in hundred dollar bills in there. Um, <laughs> here's here's kind of part two to it. Okay. He asks, what inherent qualities are being measured, observed, and, and etc. when considered purchasing particular tobaccos? So the first question was kind of on the growing side in the USDA. Now we're on the buying side from your side or from the people that you have out there scouring the world for tobacco for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what inherent qualities are, are you looking for?
2: Well, it depends on the tobacco in question, uh, the style of tobacco in question. Um, And it depends on what my needs are for, uh, for that tobacco. So, um, you know, the things that I tend to look for uh, are if it is a flu cured tobacco, or if it is a dark fired tobacco, I'm interested in, uh, what stock position, what color, uh, I'm interested in the percentage of sugar in the leaf. Um, and I'm interested in whether or not the tobacco has been threshed. Um, in other words, removed from the center stem, uh, because, Whole leaf uh, is more difficult for for the blender to deal with. Yeah. Um, and it takes a long time to hand strip tobacco. And we can't hand strip everything. If we did, we would never get anything done except hand stripping tobacco.
0: <laughs> and you'd so, have very um, sore hands. It, right. Um,
2: so, you know. If, if I'm looking for flu-cured or fire-cured tobaccos, those are the main things that I want to know up front. Um, I'm, I'm looking for typically uh, Virginias that are high in sugar for the color spectrum that they fall in. So if I'm looking for bright Virginia, uh, I find myself looking at Canadian leaf primarily because uh, the way that they the way that their weather is and the way that they, uh, grow, um, the, the bright crops, they consistently have sugar levels that the U S farmers just simply cannot, cannot replicate, uh, U S bright. It's common to see, you know, 15 to 18% Canadian crop, it is common to see twenty to twenty-five percent, and occasionally you'll see something really, really high. Wow. Um, I like to stay in the twenty-two to twenty-four percent range of sugar on bright leaf. I like to stay in the uh, nine to nine to eleven percent range on darker US. Uh, flu cured. I like to stay in the ten or eleven percent range on on fire cured, um, and I like to I like to use dark fired that is uh, uh, in the D color spectrum, the dark uh, dark brown color spectrum um, for most of the most of the blends that we make. That call for dark fired uh, on burley. I'm most interested in stock position, color, and nicotine, and then I start looking at crop year because with burleys you really need some age there for mellowing, um, and particularly when I'm looking at, at dark burley, but also when I'm looking at, at light lighter air cured white burley, we call it. Um, So those are the kinds of things that I'm looking for, uh, the grading, the grading code to tie back into the first part of the question, um, helps with some of those things because not all manufacturers, uh, give you the same information in the same order. But if you've got some familiarity with the grade code, even if the, even if the wholesaler, uh, or, or manufacturer, has graded this tobacco and they're not using the usda grade code they still are thinking along those same lines and so the same sort of information will be there and you can kind of figure out what what stock position a leaf is even if you just have a a series of letters and numbers in front of you you can kind of figure out where they're going with this or what (laughs) they what they're using it for um and the grade code tells you above all it tells you qualities that indicate maturity and consistency of the given lot of tobacco that has been graded so those are useful in bits of information there's 11 different qualities that have to do with like whether or not there is oil Mm. Uh, in the leaf and whether or not the, uh, the leaf for that stock position is, is mature, um, that can indicate to you whether or not you can expect, uh, high sugar or low sugar, um, that can indicate to you whether or not to expect, uh, uh, green color, green flavor, um, or, or mature, uh, rich flavor. So there's there's information embedded in the grade code that helps me along, and then beyond beyond those things and the the chemistries of sugar and nicotine, um, then then I want to talk with uh, my supplier and ask for samples because there's a whole bunch of information that you just can't get any other way than by the smoke.
0: So, I, well, I got to ask you. So I, I've heard about measuring sugar before you know, sugar content. And I've heard about measuring the nicotine content of a, of a perspective bale. Uh, how do they do it? I mean, do you have like a, you know, like a kitchen thermometer where you just jab it in there and it, and it sticks at it or do they spin it out in some bio lab somewhere deep in a dungeon?
2: Um, so most, most of the, uh, the tobacco dealers use, uh, Global labs um, in Wilson, North Carolina. Okay. Uh, because most of those companies have headquarters in Wilson. <laughs> yeah.
0: um,
2: or at least have buying stations that are headquartered in Wilson.
0: Or at least know how and to Fed exit there. What's that? <laughs> or at least know how to Fed exit there.
2: Or at least know how to Fed exit there. That's right. Yeah. And so because most of the the leaf dealers use global lab um, and also uh, the FDA uh, uses global labs for a bunch of things. And also uh, a lot of other uh, industries use global lab. They are, they are kind of a standard lab to, to send stuff like that too. Wow. Um, and they're, they're located locally for, for many of these dealers and many of the farmers. So, um, so it's all done in a lab, they basically uh, grind up, grind up a sample, and uh, then are using a mass spectrometer
0: huh. um,
2: to determine the, the chemical makeup of, of the tobacco, specifically honing in on nicotine for the nicotine test, and specifically honing in on sugar for the sugar test.
0: Would this also? Uh, would Global Labs also get stuff from overseas before it was purchased?
2: Um, I'm sure that they do. I uh, I know that uh, I know that a lot of manufacturers of of tobacco do use them uh, for their chemistry testings.
0: So if, so if Greg Pease tells you I've got a new uh, yeah, I've got a blend but it's got some bizarre super high quality turkish or oriental leaf then you know that might have been tested by global labs and then you you'd know basically the sugar and nicotine content of that which the sugar content should be pretty low but uh but that that rare oriental might have gone through there too
2: yeah that's true but uh the the way that greg is developing his his blends is with leaf that we have on hand
0: Ah. so so then um, you call greg and say greg i got this really cool thing yeah exactly here i'm sending you some see what you can do with it
2: that's that's right
0: Uh aha so greg's slipping you the hundred dollar bills in between the leaves (laughs) trying to get the good stuff i got it it's the circle of life
2: so yeah when we're when we By the time we have tobacco in house, we already have, you know, we have all the information on it. And I've, I've seen enough to ask for a sample of it. And then I've assessed it and done a couple of experiments with it blending wise to make sure that it works for whatever I'm wanting to use it for. Mm -hmm. And then we've bought some.
0: And you've got your feelers out all around the world looking for, you know, whatever this good stuff is or whatever stuff that you're,
2: you know. That's right.
0: And then every once in a while you get an email from a guy that says, Hey, I know you're not looking for this, but I ran across this and wow.
2: Yep. That's right. That's exactly right.
0: And then you're like, I don't know what to do with it, but it's good. Let's buy it. (laughs) Yep. That's perfect. Jeremy, thank you very much. All right. Thank you, Brian. We'll be back in just a minute.
5: Take a look at your pipe rack. Are all those briars and mirrors constant companions in your rotation or are there some that you gravitate to more than others? Are there some that you simply don't smoke anymore? Through smokingpipes.com's estate trade program, you can transform those underused pipes into immediate cash or store credit. Just send us your pipes and we'll unpack, inspect, and evaluate them based on extensive market research and over 20 years of experience. Then we'll contact you with a detailed offer for your choice of cash or store credit, valid on any items in our vast selection of pipes, tobacco, cigars, and accessories. If you're not happy with our quote, we'll return your pipes free of charge to domestic addresses. It's that simple. Join the thousands of Smoking Pipes customers who have benefited from this program and start your trade today by contacting us at 888 366 345 That's eight eight eight.
0: Three six six zero three four five. This is Internet Radio, and we are back on the Pipes Magazine Radio Show. Yes, now it's really me back. Um, all right, so again, what you heard was intended to be two separate pipe parts segments, but after listening to them, I thought, you know what? There is such good information in there, and it's so focused on the leaf itself that you know what? Let's play them together play them as the featured guest so if you were confused by what was going on yeah sorry um but again just you know jeremy just giving so much of his knowledge and experience and giving you a glimpse into what it is you know what it's like on the buying end and on the grading end of tobacco i mean it spends a lot of time just sourcing tobacco and uh, so, and again, so the way Jeremy and I work it is, I get, you know, I gather up five or six questions, and he has no idea what they are, and we just sit down and we start recording, and we spend usually about an hour of his time, and th- and that's the other thing that I want to mention is that Jeremy, as busy as he is, he is so giving of his time that you know, really, if you have a question, you can pick up the phone and call Cornell and deal, and you know, he'll take time out of his day to to talk to you, so. Uh, that's what the tobacco industry is about. All right, so for music, um, I believe I've played a segment of this before, but this is uh, my friend, professor composer Dan Lochlair. And it is summertime and we've and the first time I think we played this was when the show was a little shorter in format. so that's why I might have trimmed it down. But this is the full movement number four of Dan's uh, Symphony of the Seasons. And this one is Summer. That is Dan Lochlair's Symphony of the Seasons, Symphony number one, Summer, Movement number four. Uh, It was performed by the Slovak Radio Symphony Orchestra under the direction of Kirk Trevor. For more things about Dan and all of his work, you can go to uh, Lochlair, L O C K L A I R.com. You've got mail. Wednesday, Wednesday. You've got mail. You've got mail. And remember, if you have a mailbag comment or question, you can email it directly to me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. That's B R I A N at pipesmagazine.com. Or post it on the Pipes Magazine radio show page. Uh, just like Dino does every week. And going back to uh, last week's show with Fred Janusic, the, uh, I guess, <laughs> the first fourth and final installment uh, Dino says the perfect coda to the stories with Fred conversations. I thoroughly enjoyed these visits with my friend and zoom buddy. He is one of the nicest guys. I know whoever suggested the music good on them. Uh, and I'll interject right here. It was Eric Vanderpool who uh, suggested the music and I believe it was on the, uh, on a zoom thing with the virtual pipe club. Uh, and then uh, Dino goes on to say, Willie and Trigger are so great together. Willie gets such incredible sound out of that beat-up old Martin. And we sometimes forget what a terrific guitarist he is. You can always hear the sound of his idol Django Reinhardt in his playing. Excellent music choice. Thanks for another always entertaining show, Dino. Dino, you're welcome. Yeah, that I, I was impressed by that. Uh, <laughs> and now, Casey Ghost says... Uh, A really good discussion on what to look for in older Barlings and kamoys and Sassinis. A newbie can easily pass them by looking for something that's flashier and has a more modern look, but they are making a mistake. Uh, Fred's stories continue to enthrall me. He can come back any time to capture our imagination as he takes his walk down memory lane. As a guitarist, Willie Nelson is a pretty good singer. (laughs) His Martin N20 guitar, which is a guitar more suited to playing classical music as to playing country music, is a legend in the business. As a songwriter, he is extremely talented, as evidenced by Crazy, Family Bible, and many others. He supposedly came into Farron Young's office one day and offered to sell ownership of Crazy to Farron for $1,500. Farron said no but I'll loan you $1,500 and you can pay me out of your first royalty check. Willie is not the best businessman, but he is a hell of a musician and singer. As for the song played, I didn't care for it much because it was played as an instrumental that at long last turned into a song. Opera overtures are not as long as the lead-in was for this song. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I thought was kind of cool about it, but (laughs) it was a long intro. (laughs) Thanks, Dan. Uh, And then Bryant Malone writes, uh, Greetings, Brian. I'm very happy to hear that the JDRF auction is going well. Kudos to Steve for hosting these items and generously donating as well. I really love listening to Fred talk about his enthusiasm for pipes and the people who smoke them. They really don't make uh, they really don't make men like that anymore, and we're lucky to have him around. Your information on English estate pipes was extremely helpful, as I intend to add as many of these classics as possible to my burgeoning collection. I feel much more confident now navigating the rough waters of the estate pipe market. I would uh, thank the person who suggested the musical piece by Willie. He's one of my favorite country singers, so thank you, mystery person, Eric Vanderpool. Uh, the guitar work in that song was really impressive and it was a great listen. I'm always impressed by your ability to come up with music and intro and outro jokes after so many episodes. I'm sure it's not as easy as you make it look. Thank you and always keep up the good work. Best regards, Bryant. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes those uh sometimes, you know, a good piece of music and the jokes take longer than putting the rest of the show together. Um, so uh, he mentioned JDRF summary the uh, at the time of recording the auction items had just ended on eBay and it looks like thanks again to Steve for all of his work and his time and the money that he's donated for via PayPal fees and shipping and stuff. Looks like we're going to clear over $2,100 again this year. So thank you to Steve. Thank you to those that donated. Thank you to those that purchased and bid on stuff. Much, much, much appreciated to all. You know who you are, and it does mean a lot to me, especially for my daughter. Uh, so that money will be getting over to the JDRF shortly. Uh, VegasPipeShow.com. In the next couple of weeks, I'm going to bore you all with some stuff on it. yeah. Sorry, bear with me. But uh, we are the only pipe show that, has, uh, that I know of that has a really completely encompassing website. So VegasPipeShow.com. Tons of information on there. The schedule is on there. Uh, the list of people that have reserved tables. So you'll see it under exhibitor list uh, as we get them in. I'm popping them up there every couple of days. So you can see who's getting tables. The other thing that's new is what we're calling the social media studio. It's not really a studio. It's a couple tables that will be set up towards the front of the room. And that's where you'll get to see some of your favorite social media folks doing their YouTube or podcasts from. uh, Including uh, Two Hobbits from Country Squire Radio. uh, Mike Murphy and Jay Furman from the Pipe and Tamper podcast. Uh, Just go on there and look. There's a whole list of folks that have already confirmed their times that they're going to be there. In fact, we're getting to the point now where we're starting to double up some folks in time. Uh, So take a look at that. If you have a YouTube channel or a podcast and you want some time or space on there, well, go to VegasPipeShow.com. All the information is there under Social Media Studio. All right. Rant time is coming up
1: next There's nothing quite like working in my shop or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Hi, I'm Jeremy Reeves, head blender of Cornell & Deal. We know pipe smoking is a personal journey. That's why our small team of blending and production experts take a personal approach in every step, preparing tobacco products just for you. We source top quality leaf through the personal connections we've made around the world, hand blend that leaf, and carefully package each tin. Each product, from special releases like our small batch line to our most popular mixtures like Autumn Evening, are made right here in South Carolina by professionals dedicated to providing the finest of smoking experiences. Lighting up a pipe is an exploration through evolving flavors, thoughts, memories, and even dreams. From our hands to yours, Cornell and Deal tobaccos are your passport for that voyage, provided by people who, like you, value the journey.
0: So, I was thinking, based off of last week's uh, rant and the uh, U.S. government wanting to get nicotine out of tobacco and make everybody nicotine-free, I thought, you know, let's talk about one word, and that word is effort, all right? You only have X amount of effort. A government only has X amount of effort. A company only has X amount of effort that they can put out. We, as people, have only an X amount of effort that we can put out. We have things that we have to prioritize as more important than others. For example, if you look at your house and you've got chipped paint on a wall, you're not worried about that if your roof has blown away, are you? No, fix the roof first. Well, my thought is, you know, the government ought to be worried about, oh, I don't know, uh, maybe mass shootings, um, inflation, uh, it's hotter than hell, global warming, let's worry about that instead of Spending the effort to get all these, you know, to get rid of nicotine. You know, that takes uh, scientists and that takes people at the FDA to monitor this. Why don't those people at the FDA be working on, uh, I don't know, vaccinations or cures or continuing to monitor baby food formula factories and make them safer? You know, focus the effort on the important things that need to be fixed immediately because to the best of my knowledge somebody that has walked into a uh, you know uh, you know stood on the sidewalk and smoked a cigarette hasn't accidentally killed two people or poisoned a whole bunch of children and made them sick so let's just leave them alone you know let's leave us smokers alone we as smokers have been penalized enough already so you know what I mean, hell, we already have to stand 20 feet away from a building entrance in a lot of places. So so what? You smell a little smoke? Move along. Get over it. Focus the effort in the places where it really needs to. All right? Uh, there you go. Uh, remember, keep sharing the Pipes Magazine radio show out wherever you are. iTunes ratings and reviews, much appreciated. Comments, questions, suggestions, uh, questions for Jeremy, questions for Jeff Graysick. Ask the pipe maker stuff. Email me, Brian at pipesmagazine.com. We'll get them on the list. Uh, Thank you very much to Jeremy Reeves for joining me and for all of his time and effort. Thank you all for tuning in, and until next time
3: he's fine but I'm who cares about the clouds when we're together just ah. sing a song and think about sunny weather happy trails Boom, ba-dee-da. Boom, ba-dee-da. to
1: you Boom, ba-dee-da. Boom, ba-dee-da.
0: If you think this show is bad now, you should hear it before all the edits and
3: fixes.